harlequin is. A harlequin's role is to serve. It's nothing without a master. Welcome to the DC Film Squadcast. This is a DC Universe podcast where we discuss the DC Extended Universe movies and TV shows. Yeah, we're big fans of what DC Comics is doing on the big and small screen, so we want to make sure we talk all about it. So thanks for joining us tonight. Let's get started. My name is Tim. And I'm Scott, and we are the Squadcast. Well, Tim, here we are on another weekend after a movie review. Yeah. With basically no news to talk about. Oh, basically no news. I think there's something pretty significant to talk about. There's there's some stuff to talk about. I'm saying there's <laughs> stuff to talk about. I'm just saying there's just not a lot of it's quality over quantity is basically where we are this week. Yeah, but I mean, this is like what's kind of nice is it's it's allowing the film to kind of breathe a little bit. You know, it's had, it's had its challenges, we'll say, but uh, it you know, and I think this is kind of typical. Like, I don't think we've had anything like super major come in after other films. Although I would argue that the Batman news that we're going to talk about is is pretty significant. I think it is absolutely. Yeah. Uh, speaking about Birds of Prey, though, I am planning on maybe trying to catch my third showing tonight. Okay, um, I did. Did tell you uh, I was going to see the film a second time, which I did. I saw it with Jamie on Sunday, and uh, and I was going to let you know what my thoughts were about the film because I mean, it, you know, I I, I th- you know as I said in my review, it was kind of a tough week personally, and so it, like I, you were not going in in the right mindset, <laughs> not going in the right mindset, and so you know being able to see it the second time, I wanted to see you know how my views about the film changed. It didn't change a whole lot. It it did improve. It didn't change a whole lot though. So like ultimately, I mean, I think the feelings I had about the film are still there. But I think I enjoyed um, what I enjoyed the first time. I enjoyed it m- much more the second time, just because like I was kind of prepared for it, and uh, so I, I mean I had I had a lot of fun with the film. I liked the film quite a bit. I I do too. I- I'll tell you this though. Um, you remember how I kind of in my re- in the review I kind of expressed my concerns about like the first part of the film that had a little bit of like first yeah. act Suicide Squad feel. Right. Did not have that feeling at all the second time. Yeah, I never understood that because I I never really had anything along those lines. I thought it was I thought it was done really well so yeah well it's gone now by the way it's so whatever that was i'm over it okay. whatever that was um i did however completely spot the adr for the for turning the diamond into the pertinelli diamond yes yeah yeah <laughs> I, I i was watching i was like oh my god they're never the person talking is never on screen yeah so it was like yeah so so <laughs> i that just continues to make me get very curious about what the original plot for the diamond was and i was talking to ray I called Ray because Ray and I were literally watching the movie at the exact same time uh, last Saturday night when I went to go see it for my second time. And I also think that because they tied the diamond into the Bertinelli's and then later there's another ADR line that when Montoya suggests that Sionis uh, backed the play that led to Bertinelli's death. Right. So I think our concerns and complaints about the lack of development for Bertinelli, I think she was sad sacrificed on the on the pyre of why why ever they made that change to the diamond maybe it was to shorten the runtime or something i feel like they looked at her backstory and went that can go yeah we can and i and i really do think that huntress was a victim of whatever they did that they then used the diamond as a shortcut yeah so. no i think you're right because that's one that just seems a little bit glaring to me like the the short changing of huntress seems like the kind of thing that probably wouldn't happen normally mm-hmm. just because i mean you know as, you, as you're trying to pace out the film and, and check the balance of all the characters and make sure you've got them all fully developed and give them enough screen time to give enough backstory that one just seemed significantly off and yes and so it it, it really does like make you think like you know with, with maybe some of the action scenes that we know that they filmed uh in some of the additional photography you know maybe some of that got sacrificed or maybe this whole change that we're talking about that led to it you know who knows but either way kathy and if you're listening, please put that, <laughs> put put these extra things onto you know the home release. Uh, we want to see that. Yes, extend, 
Birds of Prey extended cut. Extended I'm, cut. I'm all there for that. We are I will all for it. I will say that it's been getting good word. I mean, it, there has been word of mouth. Like, yes. I, I've got some friends that I've, I've talked about it to. One of them even tagged me on Facebook today, actually. to uh, She had a post that she talked about how she took her husband to go see it last night and she loved it. And then I had commented about the soundtrack and she tagged me in the comment saying, and yes, I've already downloaded this, the soundtrack, Scott. Yeah. And so I have a feeling while, while it's not going to do gangbuster numbers, I feel like it's definitely something that's going to do some word of mouth. And I'm looking at the ticket sales and, you know, yeah, the IMAX screen isn't selling out, but, you know, the others are showing good numbers for, you know, an R-rated movie. So, wow. Yeah. And uh, I remember you told me your wife's reaction when she had come home from seeing it. Uh, I'm going to give you my wife's reaction. Okay. Well, I actually never get to share my wife's reaction on air. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. If you want to, it's up to you if you want to share it. Oh, yeah. My wife was meh. Yeah. You know, we talked about it over, she came in, gave me the the hand wiggle sign while we were recording the review. And then we, we talked about it the next morning over breakfast. And, you know, she just, she was just kind of meh. She still loved Margot Robbie as Harley. Right. But there were, there were just other things that she was just like, she, she was overly just kind of down on it, to be honest with you. Really? Okay. Yeah. You know, Jamie was much the same way, surprisingly, because like she loves Man of Steel. That's her favorite film. She loves Batman v Superman. She likes Suicide Squad quite a bit. This one, she was just kind of like average on. Like she wasn't like super impressed with it, which kind of surprised me. I it was because I mean I was like going into the film with her. I didn't t- really tell her what I thought about it. You know, as we went to go see it because that was my second time, and I just want to see what she thought. And and I let her kind of go first after the film. And explain to me, you know, tell me what she thought. And I was actually pretty surprised. I, yeah, I was surprised my wife too, because my, my wife loves Wonder Woman. That's yeah. like her, no, that's her number one movie. Yeah. So I, yeah, I was, I was very surprised by it. But, but so it's, it, I mean, it, it is what it is. But yeah. I'll say it's, it's getting word of mouth. People are sharing it. And, you know, I, I have a feeling that, you know, this is a movie that's just going to, it's just going to, people are just going to kind of see it as the weeks go on, I feel like. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you something kind of funny because in, in our review, I didn't, understand why her uh, Renee Montoya why her her fellow officers were kind of making comments about why she stunk like I completely missed that you know you why? missed the garbage bag I did you know why because somebody had gotten up and was like walking right in front of me at that exact moment and I completely missed the whole trash bag thing oh my goodness okay <laughs> so that ex- like that little thing made me lose the context of that whole scene you know later on when she was back at the at the uh, station <laughs> and then the so the second time I was watching, I'm like, oh, that's why I completely <laughs> missed that. Because <laughs> it was like a timing thing. Like you you had to have like, you know, seen it right at that moment. Yeah. Well, I'm also excited because Daniel Pemberton's score released yesterday. It is really Friday. good. It's really good. It is good. Yeah. And I can't wait to listen to it. Like I'm, I'm getting my CD and then I, I can't wait to listen to it in isolation. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, it's good. Uh, so yeah, a lot of fun. Um, so I don't know. Let's, well, let's get on some of the news. We're going to, we opened up the show. We want to hear, you know, we said we want to hear from you guys and we're going to do that we're going to go through you know some emails that we got we're going to go through lots of twitter many reviews that we got we're going to go ahead and read through them all and kind of add some of our comments to some of them and uh, we're going to do that but there i think there's about two or three bits of news that we want to touch on first all right now before we get to that we like to of course remind you all that we are members of the squadcast media network that does include dc comic squadcast with chris and jordan dc tv squadcast currently with just ray uh, i'll probably be on there in a week or two because uh the final episode episode of season one of Harley Quinn airs next Friday, and then we're going to do kind of a wrap-up of the season. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be back for that. Of course, you do have Fans Without Borders with Brent and Ray, and our newest show, Marvel Squadcast, with Brent and Brock. Yeah, and we'd also like to say, for all you guys that are already supporting us, thank you for all the support that you give us. Uh, we couldn't do this without you guys. Uh, if you would like to help support the network and all the shows that we have, you can go to patreon.com squadcastmedia. We just published one of our exclusive shows on the feed to our supporters. We did Spider-Man 2, which is a ton of fun. That review was an awful lot of fun. We've already gotten a lot of good feedback on it. Uh, we have Dick Tracy scheduled to be recorded this upcoming Tuesday. I am so excited for that one. <laughs> Scott's very excited. Uh, and then, you know, we also have some other shows. We have Fans Without Border Plus that drops occasional episodes. Uh, you and Ray primarily do that show. And do you guys have anything coming up on that? I don't think so. I mean, to be honest, the movie the, the movie's calendar is kind of bare for a while. There's a possibility because I've expressed interest that maybe in March we'll do Bloodshot because I I saw the trailer for it. 
I'm not I'm not familiar with the comic book, but it's a Vin Diesel movie, and my wife will go see that. So I just I might as well take my wife and you know be the good husband. <laughs> she may not want you there, Scott. I'm just just saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I went and saw The Last Witch Hunter. I will see Bloodshot. <laughs> oh, well, and then there's also been some other stuff. Uh, uh, Chris and Jordan have been publishing some cool things. Oh, Chris has been doing some great unboxing videos of the yeah. new McFarlane toys that we yeah. talked about a couple of episodes ago. Yeah, that, that's been pretty cool. So he's trying to do that. I can't remember. Was he doing that weekly or? Uh, he's been dropping like a couple, like he did two the first week. Right. And then he just dropped a new one of the Batgirl figure, I think yesterday. Yeah, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, and Chris is always fun to listen to for sure so oh he loves them he loves them toys <laughs> he, lo- he loves his toys for sure anyway so that's uh you know that's all stuff for you guys are able to help support we want to you know give a little extra uh, as like an appreciation for you know what you do for us so uh again so if you'd like to help support you can go to patreon.com slash squadcast media okay so let's get on to some of the some quality not quantity when it comes to news stories <laughs> right uh, now this is something that happened last week and we didn't talk about it because we had our review for birds of prey we hinted at it during our birds of prey review, but Warner Brothers Picture Group and HBO Max have unveiled a brand new feature production arm for HBO Max that's going to be called Warner Max. And this is going to be a new film label that's going to serve as a feature production arm for the streaming service. Nice. Now, what this uh, article from Deadline tells me is that the new venture is going to target releasing about 8 to 10 mid-budget movies per year that will be overseen by Kevin Riley, who is HBO Max chief content officer and Toby Emmerich, of course, the Warner Brothers Picture Group chairman, and who are, who will be sharing greenlight responsibility for Warner Max Films, and will work in collaboration with the COO of Warner Brothers Picture Group, Carolyn Blackwood, and HBO Max head of original content Sarah Aubrey. So it really does sound like, at least on paper, that this is a true uh, sharing of responsibilities between Warner Brothers Pictures and. HBO Max. Yeah. Now, my first thought when I read this is I'm wondering if this is going to be Warner's opportunity to kind of do like a Fox Searchlight type of uh, series of films. Well, whatever they whatever they do end up doing, which I like your analogy there, it, however, is going to be currently limited strictly to producing original content for the streaming service. Because the question was brought up about whether they were going to do kind of a Netflix model where like, say, like The Irishman, where they do a limited theatrical window right before it goes on the service. And the answer to that was that the focus right now is producing content exclusively for the service right now. Yeah, but I mean, I can see that, you know, I, I can see that maybe changing in the future. Well, in the future, yes, but right. for, for launch, yeah, the the, the 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 name of the game is original content. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, I mean, that's that's kind of cool. And, and we talked about this thing last week, uh, you know, when we touched on this at the end of our episode, you know, this would be a perfect place for them to do some of these maybe continuation type films like you know I'd speculated like if they were going to do a follow-up to this Birds of Prey film and you wanted to have it like without Margot Robbie's character and just literally have just the Birds of Prey like I feel like you could do that with a pretty low budget yeah now of course you can then go into all the quotes from the different people you know how much of that is true and how much of that is just you know spin but I can just I can tell you what they're saying at least what they're selling and uh, Riley said uh, we are going to deliver a collaborative and lean process for talent, making a range of quality films and provide a platform for each of them to have cultural impact. And then, let's see, Emmerich went on to say, we're committed to creating dynamic and compelling films that draw on the depth and scope of the creative resources across Warner Media. We're excited to help make HBO Max a destination for both film lovers and the creative community while delivering a win across the entire Warner Media organization. Okay, just PR mumbo jumbo. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Which is why I, hey, I qualified it before I started, <laughs> you know. All right. Well, I mean, I, I think this is good. We, we've been waiting to see how this would, you know, h- how the pictures group would actually interface with HBO Max. And it seems like now we have a model in place. Exactly. So uh, the idea was that they'll have kind of their own separate arm. Like th- they, th- when you make movies here, you know you're going to the streaming service. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, good. Good. So that news kind of bores me. I want to get on to... <laughs> 
Of course it does. <laughs> I want to get on to, we finally got the reveal of, well, somewhat of a reveal, but it was, it was it was plenty revealing, but we got the first image, which was a camera test of Pattinson in a Batman costume, which came out of nowhere. This was a, certainly a surprise. Yeah. Came out on Thursday on February 13th. Um, let me let, I'm going to give you the floor. Share okay. your thoughts. Well, my initial thoughts was like, it, it was, it, it was a cool reveal. I liked it. It didn't show like everything. Like we, we don't have all the answers about the costume, but you certainly saw enough to see that, you know, are we going with more of an armored costume or are we going with yes. like a cloth type? <laughs> yeah. So clearly armored. So that it kind of answers that question. We don't fully know the color scheme yet. No, because it was red. It was, it was, it was pretty red, red and I, black. Right. And, and I, I remember seeing something out there. Somebody had a non, like a, a non red tinted version. And I don't know if that was like uh something that somebody had manipulated or not. I, I really don't know. Oh no. Every, everything that's the non red tinted version is all been manipulating colored by according to them okay okay so that was kind of like my very first kind of thoughts on the visual side of it but i'm gonna tell you right now the thing that i like the most was the little score that we had with it like that's the thing that i was most excited about coming out of this <laughs> i know it's kind of like they showed us a costume and yet what we're talking about <laughs> mostly is the music it was the music my gosh i love that little theme i guess we have for batman and it is apparently michael giacchino's score like it was that was answered by Matt Reeves in a in a follow up tweet. Yeah, and Giacchino also followed up as well. Yeah, giving the opposite answer of a Danny Elfman answer. By the way, <laughs> oh, I didn't I didn't exactly see it. What did he say? Oh no, he says I believe there's room for all iterations of Batman. Very good, <laughs> good for him, good for him. Unlike Danny Elfman's, <laughs> Batman only has one theme. <laughs> there has only ever been one Batman theme, or whatever he said. Yeah, whatever. Great answer, yeah. great answer. I mean, but it was great because it wasn't you know, and I've loved like all the different Batman themes. I mean, I, you know, at the time I liked the the Batman 1989 theme but you know I moved on from it and I'm I'm a huge fan of what Hans Zimmer did in the Nolan series of films like I love that um, you know there's a few different motifs of you know different Batman scores and I, and I've loved every one of them like but you know and then what he did with Zack Snyder in Batman v Superman is such a like how would you describe it it's just like such a uh, in your face it's a sledgehammer it's a sledgehammer <laughs> in your face type of theme and and it was so great for the depiction of Batman, you know, like, a you know, been doing this for 20 years, uh, just kind of beat down. It was such a great theme for that. And this one, you know, we're understanding that this is probably very early in, you know, Batman's career. I'd heard like year two. That's the, that's the rumor I've heard is year yeah. two. We don't yeah. know. We don't know if that's in fact the case, but I mean, I think all indications are it's going to be early on in his career. And this one just felt, it felt perfectly appropriate. I liked it. It was a nice, it was a nice more, it, it was a nice, like, kind of a cross between the two different Zimmer versions of uh, the Batman score. Well, and, and technically that second Zimmer version, you've got to give Junkie, you, you know, you're kind of leaving out Junkie XL when it comes to that, too. So Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, but I liked it. But I, it's ominous. It's very ominous. It's ominous. Yeah. Now, okay, so we, we spent enough time talking about the music. Are we actually going to talk about the costume? <laughs> uh, do we, yeah, I guess we can. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, the costume was very armored. It actually made me think of that, uh, what was the... Um, um, was it Batman Damned? Oh no, it's 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 very Bermejo. Yeah, it's Verme it's Bermejo for sure. Yeah. I mean Batman Noel, Batman Damned, the yeah. the way Bermejo draws Batman. Right. I I saw that in the shape of the armored plates. The armor plating itself reminded me of the Arkham games. Yeah. So yeah, I noticed that that was cool. I love the indication that people know that the bat insignia is very reminiscent of like the original Bob Kane one from like Detective. 27. Right. Yeah, I noticed that. I I enjoyed the collar around his neck. Very much a Gotham by Gaslight feel to me. It was, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what's great about that collar, too? Is it, it actually frees them up to kind of solve the I can't turn my neck problem. The neck? Yeah. Yeah. It really does, because you've completely separated the cowl from the head in, in, a, in a really kind of a nice new original way, and I'm fully expecting, like, that was one of their biggest priorities with this costume. Make sure that he can, he can move his head. Yeah. Um, I will tell you uh, something I'm not particularly uh, down on. But for well, I, I'm actually a little down on on the costume. The cowl did not speak to me. I didn't didn't really think much of it. Well, but isn't but isn't that telling too that you didn't think like you you almost are have a non opinion about it? Uh, okay. I I've okay. So one thing I do like is you can see more of the side of the chin. See, I think that's I, you know I don't know. I just because that was one of the problems that I had with uh, Ben. 
Affleck's costume. I, I love the costume overall, but if there was one thing I would would have liked to seen a little bit differently, I would have liked to seen you know the chin area exposed just a little bit more. See, I would disagree with that. But really, okay, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, I, 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 because I see the cowl. So much of it has always been the fact that it is protection. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, why do you want more exposed? So I don't know. Uh, I just the shape of it. I think. I think another thing that I have against the cowl is that the cowl seems so skinny compared to the rest of the suit. Uh, that it does. It does at that. I would say that. I, I kind of look at this like if this is early in the Batman career, I kind of see this as like he may have had more of the mindset. Like he needs more armor, you know, because he hasn't like fully uh, gained all the confidence and perfection in his skills yet. And then you know maybe later on he starts to kind of streamline things a little bit. So yeah, I don't know. That that's kind of what I mean. That's kind of how I feel about it. But I I don't know. I'm 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 just excited to see like what's the story. Like how does he uh you know what why does he pick the armor that he does? You know what's the you know what's the meaning of that symbol uh, his bat symbol and it's it's got some geometry in it. I know some people have talked about how it's rumored to be uh, somewhat involved or reminiscent of the uh, the gun that killed his parents. No, I know. I think that's complete BS. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I looked at it pretty closely and I I don't really see that. But I do see it as possibility of it being like a tool, like he can take take it off and use it. Yeah, I absolutely I absolutely see that. So that's what I think it is. But who knows? You know, uh, you know, it's just once again we said this before. I'm just excited to see another Batman. You know, <laughs> iteration kind of come together. This is no, you know, and this is nothing about like uh, Ben Affleck's Batman. Like I I wanted to see that continue, but you know, it's not happening. So uh, the fact of the matter is, they're moving on. Well, we here we go. We get another chance to see a new Batman, a new actor, uh, a new Batmobile. You know, it, it all this is kind of exciting me. Yeah, I I just I'll be honest. I was just kind of whelmed by the suit overall. Yeah. I, I there's still some questions I have because it's just a camera test. Uh, I didn't see eyes. I'm very curious about eyes. You know, ha- lenses exposed. Like yeah. we didn't really get a good look at that. Yeah. Ears. I haven't seen ears. Please be shorter. <laughs> I'm a shorter Batman. So uh, I you know there's still some questions I have. Like I said, it. it I'm I'm kind of whelmed by it right now because there's elements of it I like. There's other elements that I'm not so hot on, and I feel like I spend most of my time just talking about how cool the music was and not actually <laughs> focusing on the suit. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's it was a great reveal. I thought uh, I thought it was kind of a nice way to do it. You know, because not only did we get you know the Batman costume teased, but we also got some music. We got some movement. It, it was it was nicely done. I I'm just glad it was actually in focus. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. I also feel like it's also kind of a cool the camera test was almost like that's almost how you would encounter Batman on a dark night <laughs> right right yeah and I kind of wonder like the the reddish tint that was used I wonder if that um that was chosen because that's going to be some kind of a scene that we're going to see him revealed in don't know don't know okay and then of course yesterday was Valentine's Day February f- uh, 14th you know 214 yep. And, you know, Zack Snyder sent us all a Valentine by sharing another picture. Colored. Colored. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm not <laughs> going to ignore that fact. I call me. I'll go and borrow my tin. I'll go borrow a tinfoil hat from Chris. <laughs> from Chris Wong. I will do that. But it's fine. <laughs> it's like we're coming out of the darkness, isn't it, Scott? Yeah. Oh, I, I'm just saying. But it was an image of two flashes yeah. saving uh, who we believe are the scientists yes. you know that get kidnapped by the parademons and there were lots of questions about why we saw two flashes uh, Zack Snyder responded to someone in the Twitter com- uh, Twitter comments sorry Vero <laughs> comments uh, saying him running across the fabric of time which then led many of us to speculate that when he does run back in time at the end of the movie when the unity happens yeah. that it might involve him actually running through the events of the movie yeah that's what I think was happening yeah so and then so that happened on Vero and then about 2 o'clock in the afternoon Zack's little head like popped up on Twitter and he had a little a little back and forth with Subway yeah. which was kind of fun if we remember the last time that Subway was involved in this movement right Yeah. and he just out of the blue said hey it's hashtag 214 and people have been asking me what would be on a Snyder Cut sandwich at Subway and he tagged Subway <laughs> yeah. and that was fun to which Subway quote tweeted him and replied the sandwich would be in a league of its own that's for sure we know hope is easy to lose but if you dig around it's usually close by fail you quoted the car keys line no Mm, you're doing so well subway (laughs) 
Oh, well. And then they said, who has been hoping for the Snyder Cut sandwich? Hashtag 214. To which Zack Snyder replied, obviously, it's all meat, no cheese, no bologna yeah. at Subway. <laughs> which was really funny. And then the piece de resistance, he goes and makes a meme and puts it on Vero. <laughs> that has a picture of him outside of a Subway with a thought bubble that says, all meat, no cheese, no bologna. With the comment underneath it where he tags Wesley Caller, his co-founder founder of Stone Quarry and says Wesley made this fun, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's uh that's very encouraging. <laughs> that I, I know. He's tagging Wesley. He's tagging Wesley. Yeah. He had fun he, he had a meme. He made a meme kind of yeah. fast. Oh man. Oh, that's, I, that's Okay, awesome. Tim, okay, so you're you're usually our resident little black rain cloud. So Oh, stop just, yourself. What's the matter with you? I'm not going to stop myself. The truth hurts, I know. <laughs> okay, so with all of that, Express your thoughts. No, I mean, I think, you know, there's there's plenty of things. Okay, even before all this stuff that happened on Friday, I mean, we've had lots of little indications that things are certainly heading in the right direction. We honestly, we don't know with any certainty what the plans are. We just don't. But when you see this stuff like this happening, uh, the fact that Subway was jumping in, the fact that he's tagging Collier, the fact that uh, the HBO Max Instagram page happened to update on that same day. I mean, there's just... There's, and I think it was like, wasn't it Ray that said this? Like, you know, there's an awful lot of smoke around events right now. Oh, right? yeah. There's an awful lot of smoke because like there's a there's a quote in that HBO Max Instagram post that's actually not in the theatrical cut. It's yeah. from a monologue that was used, you know, f- that was recorded and shared on like a social media post with junkie XL music that is n- actually not a line in the theatrical cut. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I, you know. I'm I'm hopeful about all this. Uh, you know the, the the picture being in color. You know there's all these things that we're, you know we're we're like we're like the guy from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and I can't remember his name, but he, we've got the strings on the board, and we're trying to connect all the dots and all that. <laughs> oh no, we are that GIF. We are yes. definitely <laughs> that GIF right now. Right. You know, waving our hands in the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, I'm I'm certainly hopeful. I, I'm I'm hopeful because we're getting awful close to where they're going to start some announcing some things for you HBO know for Max. HBO max and all that so i don't I, I thought it was especially interesting to me and to me more telling that subway was specifically involved in this like this just yes. didn't happen out of the blue no and that zach initiated it zach initiated and, it. And, yep. and then subway just went along just like what they did when they donated the sandwiches to the to the, the homeless hunger charity it was like they are all in yeah they're all in i mean it could have just been him giving them you know some extra support because of what they did you know for that little event but i mean i don't he didn't have to like did, no he did not have to no and it and it's just not typical that a director would do something like this you know what i mean like when it comes to product placement and support like all that is like well calculated and thought out and arranged and slotted and films and all that and this is highly unusual to me so so i don't know uh, to me that's probably the most notable thing that happened on friday yes and 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 i'm hungry now by the way i'm really <laughs> really hungry yeah. Oh, and I, and I tried to I tried to uh, when I responded to you know what, what would be on a sub like I said like uh, hold the cheese, uh, hold the face planted breasts, you know that kind of thing. Breast meat. I don't remember what I said, but yeah, that's pretty close to what you said. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then sure enough, he comes up and hold the cheese. I'm like, oh yeah, perfect. We're we're like minded. <laughs> so that was that yeah. Was I I didn't go for the joke. I actually tried to come up with a sandwich that all the ingredients would be representative of the the different Justice Leaguers. So yeah, and he liked it on Vero. So he he enjoyed it at least. Yeah, I think I said something like, uh, "I like creator-driven sandwiches." <laughs> so anyway, he, of course you did. Yes, but that was fun. It was it's fun. Just, it, once yeah. again, it, it 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 keeps me it keeps me hopeful. Like it's something's happening. Something is happening. It just you know the pictures are in color. This subway stuff. You know, it's just it's it's just being a, a painfully slow process. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, it, if if this is truly going to be tied to you know the launch of HBO Max, then you know we're just gonna have to wait a little bit longer, guys. Just hang tight hang tight all right so we asked you to share your thoughts on birds of prey something that honestly we haven't when was i mean we used to do the like the, those email shows like right after a movie came out that yeah. was a thing we used to do this feels like the next like the 2.0 version of that and i like it yeah we haven't done it for so, a while like we 
Scott and I have been talking, we want to get a little bit more involved in bringing in some fan, you know, reactions and feedback, even throughout, you know, the week on normal shows. Uh, we definitely want to try to start doing a little bit more of that. We, we try to focus on just cut in, get the news and get out. And that's basically what yeah, we've been we're, doing. we're tired. <laughs> we, we've been a little tired lately and we need and we need to do better. We need to be better. <laughs> this is a, a, a Squadcast 2.0. Yes. We changed the name. <laughs> we need to we need to freshen things up. Yeah. No, I mean, it's good, though. I, I definitely like doing it. And plus, you know, once we get beyond one woman, it's going to be a little bit of a dry spell for a while. So it's I think we we need to get people a little bit more involved. So exactly. All right. Well, how about you hang? How about you start for Twitter? Because I got some emails to read later. OK. Um, yeah. So we did the emails first. I also uh, sent out a thing on Twitter. It's like, give us your mini reviews on Birds of Prey and we'll read them on a the show. So I, I don't know how many we have, but it's something like it's, 48. It's, the, it's, only, it's nearly 50. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to I'm, we're going to go through them. And uh, as I read them, uh, Scott and I will just kind of give uh, whatever comments we might uh, like to make based on the tweet here. I'm going to just kind of start off in the order that it's presenting them to me. This may not be in the order that they were sent. Because I tried to look it up and <laughs> mine was in a completely different order, so which is why Tim's going to be reading all of them. <laughs> so I'm just going to read all of them. So first one, uh, this first one's from Langston, and he says, Birds of Prey is a thrilling, action-packed joyride that's unapologetically over the top. Hilarious. All while maintaining a sense of sincerity and emotional groundedness. It knows exactly what it's supposed to be and is not afraid of giving you the bird just like its lead. <laughs> I like that. I do. I do like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't disagree. I mean, I think... You, I know, I don't either. Yeah, no. no. I think you said it exactly right. Uh, Matthew Salvatore says, I liked it. Black Canary and Huntress were excellent. Need more story for both. Quinn was fantastic. Cass was meh. Black Mask was amazing. Wish he had his his mask on more. Sad he won't be in more films. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Action, <laughs> action was solid and brutal. Superb. The story was simple, maybe a little more needed. Love the show. All right. Thank yeah, you. I, I agree with pretty much everything Matthew said. I mean, once again, yeah, the story was simple. I have a feeling that there was something else there that yeah. was trimmed out. And I think that also then leads to the fact of what, what would have given us more canary and more huntress. Yeah. Uh, I, he says Cass was like, meh. I, I actually enjoyed her performance quite a bit. I think what we get with Cass with Matt is something other people are going to say later yes. on because it was a theme. Yep. So I I, I think we'll, we'll address that when it comes up. Yeah, we'll circle back to that. And then we got Corey, Mighty Booyah, says, super enjoyable. Been multiple times already. Robbie's Harley was spectacular as usual. A lot of great colorful action scenes. However, there's also a few scenes that's missing elements that kept them from being absolutely amazing. Still, it's a really good film. Oh, good old Corey. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, the, some of the, the the action scenes were very colorful, which is very much a Kathy Ann thing. And uh, and a few scenes that were missing elements that kept them from being absolutely amazing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, do you feel that way at all, Scott? Um, I'm just trying I, to think. I, I, I don't know about that. Um, I, I, I'm going to be honest. You know what's been playing in my brain is me starting to do that stupid thing where I recognize stuff that was in trailers that actually didn't end up in the movie. Like, yeah, it's taken right. about a week for it to go, oh, yeah, that wasn't in the movie. Oh, <laughs> that wasn't in the movie. Right. Right, right. Yeah, I was kind of thinking at the time, too. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, again, a pretty positive review. Uh, we got Joe Fornorado says, absolutely a blast. So much fun. And I love that it fits in with the rest of the DCEU while also feeling so much different than anything we've gotten before. Love having a different DCEU movie for every mood. That's exactly right. I think that is very think, true. Yes. Yeah. I think we made that same point as well. I mean, that's one of the things I kind of love about this thing is like, and it, it does feel like there's such variety. Mm-hmm. It, this has just got a great text to it this overall universe and and I think that's honestly that's one of the the biggest benefits of just having things a little bit less connected mm-hmm. then we got Pud says it had its moments particularly in the third act where things finally started to gel together but uh, ultimately this film wasn't for me I felt a lot of it fell flat the best moments involved Black Mask or The Huntress the latter I felt really stood out it's just okay for me yeah I mean that's <laughs> that sounds like exactly kind of how my wife felt it was weird though cause, you know because he really, really dug The Huntress and yet that's the one part that we're like ah, we, need, yeah. we need more of her yeah you know so yeah I mean I, I tell you what I mean I can kind of relate I, I think I, l- I relate a little bit to what he's saying like for me you know like this one is not in my top half of DCEU films you know it's it's 
down there in uh, the bottom half for me, but it, it's still a good film. It's enjoyable. It just didn't have like, I think for me, the biggest thing that kind of knocks it a little bit in my ranking is that the stakes are, you know, there's no really great stakes in this film, and which is fine. I just wanted like, for me, it's like if, if the stakes were going to be minor, I wanted so much more to compliment. I wanted a lot more characterization. I wanted a lot more wackiness, that kind of thing. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And that that I can that I can completely. Once again, it, it it's one of those funny things where I'm not disagreeing with you. It's just the degree to which it affected me was far less than it affected you. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this is a bad film by any means. It, it Like, it's a film. I'm. This is one that I, I will definitely watch multiple times. But Pud also says something really nice in there. He says, it's just not a film for me. Yeah. And I, and I feel like that is the kind of criticism we need to hear more of instead of it's bad. It just needs to be, it's not, it's not, it's not my cup of tea. Yeah. And absolutely. That is something I completely can respect and go, okay, if it's not, if it's not for you, right. You know, that's, that's, it's not, I, there's a lots of movies that aren't for me. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, then we got one from Josh Bryan. He says, bursting with colorful visuals, bone smashing, fast pacing action, leaving you roaring out. Woo. I just had a good time. Sensational experience. Overall, Birds of Prey is a twisted bat crap crazy <laughs> definite must see <laughs> nice addition to the DCEU I censored a little bit there uh, <laughs> I, I noticed there I noticed yeah uh, that's a nice review we're still P we're, we still walk that PG PG 13 line on the uh, show so. sometimes we you know let some stuff slip through but you know it is what it is <laughs> so overall so far you know pretty positive reviews for the most part and even the ones that you know just saying like Pud said it's just you know it's just not for me like he still has really good things to say about uh, some elements of it uh, Stephen M. Colbert says I loved having a film that was clearly from a particular point of view, knew what it was, and was mostly allowed to be that. Yeah. 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 And I think the mostly part is we're all picking up on something got changed. Yeah. There was something, something. Something. Something was changed. We don't, we think we know, but we we don't know for sure. We don't know for sure. But yet the film still felt like it's film. Yeah. Even with that thing that was changed. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too. Like you could see in this film clearly, you know, there's an awful lot of what what Margot Robbie and Kathy Ann wanted to do, like they were allowed to do, which yes. which which is a huge plus for me. Right. So. Okay. What's the next one? All right. Uh, Brandon J says, simple plot and story that's carried by a few strong performances and great action pieces. Fun, enjoyable movie. Yeah. 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 Fair. Yep. For sure. Uh, should I read the Stu one because he sent us an email as well? <laughs> uh, I'll give it to him. I'll give it. Give to it him. to him. Uh, you know what? Friend of the show. Re- uh, it, it's Stu. Read his tweet and then I'll go ahead and read his email. We'll, we'll yes. kill two birds with one stone. Okay. We'll do that. We're, Stu, we're knocking you all out right now. All right. Uh, he says, as I said in my email. <laughs> oh, well, how about we, should we read the email then? I'm just like, right. going to reference okay. the email. All right, Stu, we're going to go right to your email. Okay. So Stu sent us an email. Okay. And he says, hey, guys, while having seen the film four times at the time I write this email, you can take it as gospel that I absolutely loved it. Really packed with wit, thrills, and inventiveness, and great performances from everyone. I appreciate the great care they took to differentiate all the different birds flying fighting styles from one another, particularly with Harley's more esoteric mishmash of gymnastics, environmental use, and her weapons, particularly the bat, which I'd like to point out she gets in the most direct Tarantino homage moment when she picks it up instead of a chainsaw and a samurai sword, which is the spin on Butch selecting from those weapons in the pawn shop scene from both Pulp Fiction. Right. Good. Yeah. While I would have liked more of Huntress, preach, I do think they took her screen time into account and made her disconnect from what's going on a funny part of the story. Quote, I feel like I've walked into something I don't give two craps about, but this guy's dead, so I'm just going to go, okay? And I think they peppered her around the story enough to count. I, I can completely agree with that. Yeah. Uh, loved what with loved what McGregor and Messina did as Sionis and Zaz, and while I get people being disappointed they won't be showing up in future, I think they were depicted as big enough monsters that anything less than what happened to them wouldn't have been as satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I also like the fact we saw a very different side of Gotham, a lot of it during the day, and it's in the more trendy East End. It makes me hope the Batgirl movie does something similar with Burnside. Yeah. Also, yay for the references to Sprang Bridge and Robison Park. Right. I caught Robison Park. I missed Sprang Bridge. I, I didn't catch that one either, but I heard about that one. Yeah. Also, when we get the continuing adventures of the Birds of Prey, who do you want as the villains? I like Cheshire and Lady Shiva included in that lineup. Take care, Stu. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Yeah, that'd be real cool. Okay. So what did he, then what was his tweet did his tweet just reiterate some stuff of his email or did he expound on anything his tweet was literally the first two sentences of the email okay so yeah he was trying to double dip that's fine we'll give it to you <laughs> well, yeah we acknowledged it at least 
All right, uh, Brooklyn Batman. Anthony says, I think the best moments in the film are when they're working together as a team. I really enjoyed it, but I think they should have given more screen time to Huntress because her backstory was really intriguing. I give it a three stars, middle of the pack for DCEU films, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think him and I are probably of the same mindset. But yet he expresses the same opinion about Huntress that I think we've all expressed. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and I like this. Uh, Putt actually jumped on, you know, responding to Anthony. Huntress was definitely most interesting out of the crew. I could could have totally watched a film on just her. It would be like Leon, but with a comic book movie flavor. I agree. Yeah, the professional. I agree with that. I like that. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that's where Anthony followed up. Give a Huntress solo or a miniseries on HBO Max, and I'd be happy with that. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, there's a yes. lot of possibility now for sure. Yes, because I, I love Mary Elizabeth Winstead. So. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And, and I liked her, I like the socially awkward part of her character. Right, because she's grown up with assassins. Uh, well, not, not just assassins, but I mean, lost her whole family, then got swept away to another country, and yeah, I mean, she's not going to be very sociable. No. And, and I really appreciated that on my second viewing. So, uh, Isaac Foxworth says, glitter grenades and F-bombs galore. Birds of Prey was a total blast and kicked all kinds of ass. Journey as Canary and Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Huntress were standouts, and I need more of them ASAP. Ewan was insane and loved seeing Black Mask on screen. I'm a genuine Harley fan now, and Robbie owns the role. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no argument there. I mean, she definitely, she, like, it's it's so weird. Like, I just can't picture anybody else in that role right now. Now, have you, have you seen, by the way, I'm going to use this as a tangent. Have you seen the set photos of her from James Gunn's The Suicide Squad? You know, I, I have them, uh, I have them saved. I haven't looked at them yet, though. Okay. What, 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 give me, give me the response. What do you think? I don't know. Like, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of curious. Like, she's in a giant red ball gown. <laughs> okay. Okay. So it's that kind of thing. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll check them out. I, I haven't had a chance to look at them yet. Isaac followed up. He said, the action pieces were killer and the best parts of the movie for me. It was great seeing a team of ladies team up and beat the crap out of everything in their way. Jan and Hudson, <laughs> along with the cast, gave us a standout DC flick. Might be my number three in DCEU ranking. Woohoo! Joining me! Joining yes. me then! Yes! <laughs> yeah. It You know, it really is such a nice, great, standalone, uh, self-contained film. Even though yes, it's like it a follow-up. Is. I mean, it is a follow-up to the events out of Suicide Squad, but you don't need to know anything from that. It, it actually stands alone very nicely. Yeah. Well, I'm going to jump in here with an email, by the way. Yeah. Okay, so this one was actually our first email we received uh, from Joshua Barron. Joshua. Yes, and he responded, I really enjoyed this film a lot. It was fun watching a movie that fully fleshes out how Harley Quinn is as a character. Great fan service and killer music. I honestly didn't really care about the plot of the film. I was too busy gushing over Harley and the Birds of Prey and how darn good McGregor was as Black Mask. Favorite part is the canary cry. I had a giant grin on my face when that happened. I do wish there was a lot more Huntress also. Sorry for the lengthy email. <laughs> Josh, no, no, you're actually it's quite small. Yes. <laughs> uh, sorry for the lengthy email. Can't wait to be on the show one day. Keep up the great work. Sincerely, the poster guy. Thank yes. you, Joshua. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah, we're going to have Joshua on at some point. We need to, uh, we're about ready to start arranging some of these other uh, guests on the show. So yeah, thank you, Josh. I know. I completely agree with, I completely agree with all of that. That was, yeah. that was really good. Uh, which, by the way, reminds me me, there was an Easter egg I totally forgot to mention that was in the movie, and I'll have to let me know when you're ready for me to reveal that. I'm reveal right now. Why, okay, why okay, okay. At all. So when Montoya is in her apartment, uh, you know, about ready to like, she's tearing down her like whiteboard yeah. of like case. Did you notice what was on her TV? No. Uh, it was Arlene. It was the episode of Days of Our Lives with Arlene Sorkin, the actress who was the voice the original voice of Harley Quinn on yeah. the animated series. And it was the episode that Paul Dini was watching that gave him the idea for Harley Quinn. Okay. Okay. Nice. And, and also played by the actress who ended up voicing her for all those years. <laughs> oh, very good. I love that. I mean, that's legacy right there. That is. Oh, great. That's somebody that loves the material and is giving respect to it. Oh, perfect. All right. Then we got Christopher Lewis says, the perfect film does not exist as it's all a matter of perspective but birds of prey is a fantastic film that i loved and 
I rarely love a film. I admired how different it was. From the comedy to the colors to the action and the LGBT representation, another hit for DC Films. Yeah, I mean, it checks all those boxes. It checks all those boxes. Yeah, no, couldn't agree more. Uh, DC Outlaw, Crimson Cowl says, I love the action, the narrative device of having Harley tell the story. Canary and Huntress were great, but needed more time to develop, especially Huntress. And they should have called Cass something else as that wasn't Cassandra Kane. Sionis and Zaz were also perfect. Yeah, you know what? I mean, I think we kind of touched on this. I don't remember, did we say this on the air? But like, I think one of the things that I kind of felt like with Cassandra Kane is, you know, I don't think it makes sense to ever have Cassandra Kane in like a shared universe where she becomes a bad girl because you don't need to have her become bad girl. Like there's going to be another bad girl. We don't need to add that, you know, that little wrinkle into things to confuse things up. So I can see them not, you know, I can see them deciding not to do anything with Cassandra Kane. But I think the issue most people have is here is like, well, if, if there's nothing special about the character. They don't use the name. Yeah, don't use the name. You could have been anybody, which I completely agree with that. Yeah. Next one. Next one this is from dcu fan fam i enjoyed the movie a lot not putting harley quinn's name in front and not making it pg-13 hurt box office in my opinion but the film is what i want from a harley film it's fun it's crazy has a great villain lots of action i think this film will stand the test of time i think i think he's right well i think i think warner brothers kind of agrees about putting the <laughs> harley quinn in front yeah uh, that i can see i i disagree with the pg-13 yeah i i i, I that part i don't uh, i don't necessarily agree with because because, I mean, an R-rated film can take off. But I, I think, you know, in hindsight now here is 2020. And certainly if this thing would have, you know, had great box office numbers, we probably would have talked about how ingenious it was to <laughs> do the marketing the way they did. But like, you know, when the film did not do well its first weekend, you look and you, you question everything. And one of the real obvious things is like Harley Quinn is your character. I mean, that this film was a Harley Quinn film. And you really kind of bury the lead in the name, don't you? Yeah. And, and it's really funny is that this week at the comic book shop, you know, Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor just had their new book come out that's a continuation of their run on Harley Quinn. And the book is called Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Yeah. That's what the movie should have been called. Yeah. yeah. As much as I love the title, the title's fun. Yeah. But for marketing purposes, yeah, they buried the lead. Yeah, they did. And this was one of the things, like, I, I think the indication we had ahead of time that this was a Margot Robbie and Christina Hodson. Like, this was their proposal and it was, and they, you know, collectively kind of went forward with it. So this is one where, you know, I, I think uh, marketing is going to get criticized for this. No, they have been. So, yeah, you know. yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's going to be kind of hard to argue with this thing. It, you know, it's a lesson learned in this case. You know, I mean, let's face it. You look at the success of, like, say, Joker <laughs> and, and what that film's done. Like, you get, you've got characters that have significant cultural impact. Like, you just go with their name. Like, you know, that's what you should do. You you don't bury the lead. You go with it and and just use that to help sell the film. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in with an email. Yeah. This from Frank. Uh, Frank writes, this film was right up my alley. I just love the personality of this film. Black Mask was truly incredible. What a scumbag. Yeah. The egg sandwich bit was hilarious. Yes, it was, and I'm still dying to have one of those. Uh, I want that sandwich. I want that sandwich. Huntress and Black Canary stood out more than anyone else when it comes to the fight scenes. Loved the Huntress origin story. Of course, she would be socially awkward. Overall, I'm happy this film was made. My girlfriend and my two nieces had a blast watching it as well. I love it. 16 and 17 years old. I love yeah. how he like, uh, <laughs> they were old enough. Yeah. <laughs> P.S. I can't believe grown men are complaining that men aren't represented well in Birds of Prey. There's many films I can think of that portray women way worse. When it comes to Birds of Prey, many DC fans are telling on themselves. Oh, Frank, that is the quote. I mean, that was my favorite. When I saw that email, I think I responded like this 100% because that is exactly right. If you're kind of revealing yourself, if you have a problem with this. Oh, that was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I want to take this opportunity to share a friend of mine on Facebook who wrote a wonderful Facebook post regarding Birds of Prey because I I talked up the using word of mouth I talked up the film to her. Her name is her, her name is uh, Talia, and this is what she wrote on Facebook, and it really ties into what Frank just wrote here in his email. She said, "Just read a bunch of reviews calling Birds of Prey a chick flick. I assume because it featured women whose sole purpose wasn't for visual sexual stimulation. <laughs> I had a real fun time watching it along with my fellow quote feminist." trash, unquote. Might start referring to all movie starring men as dick flicks and buy some roller skates and a breakfast sandwich. <laughs> oh, man. I, I saw so many people complaining and saying that, well, this film didn't do well because you had, I mean, saying really crude things about the cast, you know, basically their visual, you know, their looks and all that. And it's like, oh, there's nothing that gets me more angry 
angrier than that. I, I'm oh, just like, just, I, oh. yeah, no, I am a hundred percent happy and uh, on board with every decision they made with the cast of this. Like they nailed the casting, I think, uh, across the board. I have yes. no complaints about what they did with this film. Um, I'm glad they did it. I agree. So, all right, your turn. Yes, Eric McClanahan. Eric says, "So, Birds of Prey just finished my first viewing, and my initial reaction that is that it was just okay. Lots of laughs, a breakout star in Black Canary. I agree 100% on that. Yes, absolutely. And the fight sequences are excellent. That said, Harley's story and the film's plot aren't very good. And he says two and a half out of five stars. You know, Eric, we're I don't think we're too terribly far off. I, you know, uh, like I, I think you and I would probably have a <laughs> have a lot to discuss about this film. But I think it's also a case of once again, don't disagree with what you say. It just no. is a degree of how much does it bother you? Yeah, it, and, and and that's the thing. I mean, it's still two and a half stars out of five for a film that you just thought the the film's plot wasn't very good. I think it's still pretty good. Um, okay, moving on to casual fan official. He says Birds of Prey is an action packed tribute to the Harley Quinn character. The action is phenomenal, and all the character portrayals leave you wanting more. Particularly Ewan McGregor, uh, Journey Smollett, and Chris Messina. Nine out of ten. <laughs> Fantastic rating. All right, this is from Jay Anudet. I don't know if I said your name right. I apologize if I didn't. But your review: the best Harley Quinn story I've ever seen. Well, alrighty then. Short, succinct, and to the point. <laughs> yeah, that was the best Harley Quinn story that I've seen on the on the big or small screen at this point. All right, next one. Clayton Piacentini says a good movie that introduces great versions of Huntress, Black Canary, Black Mask, and Victor Zaz while continuing Harley Quinn's story despite not properly representing or justifying her split with Joker. Hmm. Yeah, I mean that's never really fully addressed, is it? No, and I also feel like that that almost is kind of a nod to the way the relationship was supposed to turn out right. in Ayer's original Suicide Squad. Yeah. You know, it, part of me continues to feel like that Birds of Prey was written, you know, kind of like how we hinted at how Aquaman really picked up from where the Snyder Cut left Aquaman right. of Injustice League. I almost feel like Birds of Prey more accurately takes us where that couple left off at the end of Suicide Squad. I think so. Because you got to remember, they've been working on this thing for like four years. So, yeah, as we come to find out. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, Justin Drabeck says, incredible, amazing performances by each and every cast member. It felt at times like being inside of Harley's mind and had so many Easter eggs in the DC world. And it just felt fully realized and well worth its R rating. Yeah. You know, I I actually liked what they did with uh, the thing that gave an R rating because it wasn't like, you know, I, I hear a lot of comparisons to Deadpool and I don't know that it's really that terribly comparable because I kind of felt like most of the stuff that we got in Deadpool for R rating was really, you know, kind of over the top violence. But I think the crudeness. It was crude. It was very yes. crude. Yeah. No, it was hilarious. It was funny. Crude. It, was, it was funny, <laughs> but it, it was like crude. Whereas this one was like, you know, it, it got the R rating because, I mean, there's a bunch of F-bombs, right? <laughs> right. And occasionally um, knees aren't supposed to bend that way. Knees are not supposed to bend that way. And the, the very uncomfortable situation, what they did to that, uh, that patron in the At the Black Mask Club. The Black Mask Club, yeah. Like, that kind of stuff, like, to me, like, I kind of like that that's the reason it got the rated R. It got the rated R, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Zach Kahn says, an exciting and unique film within the genre. It leaves you wanting more in the best and worst way. The cast are great as the characters they portray, especially Journey Smollett Bell, who surprised me, not only with her acting, but her singing as well. I would agree with that 100%. I was yes. really, I was most and uh, pleasantly surprised with her performance. Uh, he went on to also say, McGregor looks to be having the most fun he's ever had. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> he definitely was having fun, man. He, he was having, was having f- that was just like, uh, that wasn't, I'm here for a paycheck. This no. is, I'm here for, it's like that line, who's having a good time? <laughs> Woo! You are. Yeah, I mean, he, like, I wanted to see so much more of him, and hopefully we'll we'll get some more of that, like, at least some extra scenes. I would love to see that. He said, McGregor having the most fun he's ever had, while also being the most unsettling villains in comic book movies. I, yes. Yeah. The yes. whole thing, the whole thing about deciding to take off the one girl's face because of a snot bubble. Yeah, that's about as despicable as you can get. Uh, Margot Robbie, Steve the show. She is Harley Quinn, much like the title. She hijacks the story and takes you on a hell of a ride that you wouldn't want to get off. That's I like it. That's, well, we got some really nicely written reviews here so far. Yes, we do. That just shows how thoughtful and well-spoken our audience is. Yes, absolutely. It, it says a lot about you guys, actually. <laughs> Not us. Not us at all. No, no, no. We attract the best listeners for sure. <laughs> uh, I'm going to jump in with an email. Yes. Uh, coming from The Only Phoenix. Uh, is it a perfect film? No. 
show. But to say Birds of Prey isn't a fantastic interpretation of a comic book film is blatantly wrong, in my opinion. It offers enough stylistic choices to differentiate itself from the rest of the pack while still feeling like a familiar concept. I loved it for its excellent balance of grounded and fantastical. And that's Chris from Indie. Nice. Awesome, awesome. I like it. Thank you, Chris. Jaybird says, A comic book movie that does a lot with a simple plot in a fun, bombastic, and entertaining way. Birds of Prey is oozing of Harley's punky personality, the star of the show. And while the side characters are great, they could have done better with some more screen time. In my top three DCEU movies, eight out of ten. Now that guy sounds like he... No, sounds like we have a lot to talk about. Uh, I, th- I think this might be a girl. I don't know. I don't... It doesn't matter. Our thoughts are... Com- our, <laughs> our thoughts are compare. Uh, our thoughts are comparable. So... <laughs> comparable. Very good. All right. Uh, the Panda Supreme says, Good choreography with a unique and fun story structure. Characters are enjoyable to watch. I love how Black Mask and Harley are similar and want someone to always acknowledge them and be important. But Harley moves away from that while Black Mask keeps going down the rabbit hole. Nice. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Just Another Human says, Super fun character piece on Harley. I never loved those characters, but I enjoyed them in this movie. Overall, I like the directorial style. It felt more personal than Suicide Squad. Yeah, I mean, this was more of a personal story in this one. Well, it also, like we said, while changes were obviously made, yeah. it was still allowed to be the... You still felt like it was allowed to be the movie that Kathy Yan wanted to be versus what David Ayer was kind of forced to do to Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the next one we got is from Macari Madness. Sylvia, a nice and entertaining trip in Harley's head with cool music and action, building the basics for a Sirens movie and teasing a Birds of Prey one, where we can see them without looking through Harley's crazy eyes and they can take fully take the spotlight. I hope that's where it goes. Mm-hmm. I really do. I hope you're right, Sylvia. Like, I, I really want to see this thing eventually move on. Like, you know, like this thing clearly has an idea where it wants to go. And I, I hope like I hope there's no overreaction, you know, to this thing and say, well, we're just going to go in a completely different direction. Like, I, I want us to kind of see this story continue. And, and I kind of feel like this Warner Max thing is, is really the right avenue. Yeah. And we'll see. Yes. Neil Bryce says Birds of Prey was electric. A bit slow at first, but once it gets going, it doesn't stop. Nobody really talks about the comedy of a film a lot, but it's a highlight to me. What can I say? I love to be amused. I love Daniel Pemberton's score and just want a sequel now. (laughs) Nice. And Kadeem says, I enjoyed it. The action, music, visual aesthetic, and the acting. Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn and all the main characters did a great job. My only issue was Cass Kane. Could have been the same without the name. It's not the cast I prefer. Shameless plug. And he, he uh, sends us to his letterbox review. So, yeah, I mean, again, this is the one that I think we all agree on. Like, you know, it didn't need to be Cassandra Kane. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um. Then we have CK61938. Two, <laughs> two words from me. Effing fantabulous. <laughs> And then a bunch of claps. So, yeah, uh, I, I censored again. Sorry, guys. We are not an R-rated movie, so sorry. Yeah, it's it's definitely a fun film. Uh, then we have MC Biscuit, Deputy Van Halen. Good movie. Felt like a Tarantino flick. Fast-paced, violent, and comical. Overall, a nice little crime story in a wacky corner of the DCEU. The trailer stunk, but the movie is good. Three and a half out of five. Okay. I would agree. Like, this, the trailers, I, I always kind of felt like the trailers just weren't quite right for me. I felt like the last one they got right. Well, the last one I feel like reflects with them. That's where I start to question because the first trailer makes me wonder if that was more indicative of what the maybe before the diamond change or whatever. Yeah, who knows? Because the second trailer felt a little bit more like the movie we got. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Andrew Dice from Screen Rant says, if comic book movies are serial, Birds of Prey is Lucky Charms. <laughs> you know, <laughs> only only writers can come up with this kind of crap. <laughs> <laughs> Very well played. Shameless plug for BVS by the minute, by the way. <laughs> yes. Not every spoonful lives up to the hype. When those marshmallows hit, <laughs> I love it. Oh, I like it. Uh, then we saw Lily says, Birds of Prey is a fun-packed movie with lots of action and great cinematography. Robbie and McGregor are brilliant. Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Huntress and Messina as Zaz were freaking amazing. Would have liked a little backstory on Black Canary and Cass. Yeah. Yeah, Cass could have used a little bit more. Actually, 
really, I really did kind of feel like I got enough of Black Canary. Like for me, it was you know just Huntress. That that was the issue. We got that enough backstory. I yeah. Just, you know, I could have used more screen time. Yeah. I mean, I you could have easily added twenty more minutes of this film, and and I think it it would have been fun. It, you know, pacing I think would have been it was probably the issue. Like I thought the pacing in this film was actually really good. I agree. Yeah. So I you know, and that may have been why they trimmed some of this stuff out. Who knows? Time will tell. Uh, then we got Movie Buff One Hundred. Birds of Prey is a fun time at the cinema. It's a comic book film like I've never seen before. It's very niche and weird with some of the stuff they did. Definitely didn't play it safe. Margot Robbie is brilliant as Harley Quinn, but it wasn't really a Birds of Prey film. We didn't see them together much, but Black Mask stole the show. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was, he was so fun. I was just laughing so hard when he was like, uh, at my second viewing when he was talking about the shrunken head and and he goes like, uh, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he was like, and where he goes, ooh. <laughs> so, ooh, the little haircuts. Yeah. And now he's a decoration on my wall. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, then we have Nerdy Nick's Nook says, a wild Harley Quinn targeted adventure that turns into a fun team adventure with Diana Lance, Black Canary, Helena Bertinelli, the Huntress, Cassandra Kane, future Batgirl, Roman Sionis, Black Mask, Renee Montoya, question, and a super sadistic Victor Zaz, worth the watch. See, I don't think, uh, I don't think Cassandra Kane is ever going to be the future Batgirl. No. I don't think that's going to happen. And I actually don't think Renee Montoya is going to be the question. No, I don't either. Yeah. But I mean, who knows? I mean, they may, they may go that way, but I, I don't think that's where that's going to go. But uh, another positive review. Uh, I'm going to jump in with another email right now. Yeah, let's do it. Because we got Brandon Williams who, <sighs> Brandon. who addressed his email. Hello, Tim, Scott, and the entirety of the Squadcast Network. I'd first like to start off by saying how awesome it is to see how much the network has grown since the BVS days. Uh, I salute yeah. all of you for your hard work. Thank As you. for Birds of Prey and the Fantastic Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, I loved it. Between the cartoon on DCU, her continued heavy presence in the comics and movies, I don't think any single comic book character is having a better run than her right now. Suicide Squad was a good introduction, and Birds of Prey definitely solidifies Margot Robbie as the character. As for the birds themselves, I think this was a good introduction to them all, with Journey Bell being a shining point of the three, and I can't wait to see more. Black Mask and Zaz served as great villains, and I would have also loved to see them face off with the bat themselves. My only negative is that I wanted to see the movie be a bit more faithful to the character of Cassandra Kane. Although she wasn't bad at all in the movie, I couldn't help but think of how cool it would have been to see her fight alongside the rest of the ladies. But hey, there's always room for that in future movies, right? Again, congratulations to you guys for all of your success with the network. Brandon, aka at father underscore clef on Twitter. Awesome. Thank, thank you, Brandon. You. That was yeah. a great email. Agree with what you say. Yeah, thank you very much. Moving on to Twitter, Jasmine says, Birds of Prey is a damn good comic book film that looks, feels, and sounds like nothing we've seen before. It takes the comic book and truly adapts it for the big screen. It's bombastic while still having small character moments that resonate. Wall to wall fun. Man, we've had a lot of positive reviews. Mm-hmm. Alex says, fun action with cool moves, promising characters, chemistry, I want more of. Kind of meh on the plot with the time jumping and pacing. Great fashion. Harley Quinn was good. Renee, Dinah, Huntress were fine. Cass, a little inexperienced. And Ewan McGregor steals the show. Mid-tier DCEU. Yeah. Yeah. Ibugu says, John Wick, director, added what? And what was there before he came on? Horrible costume designs. Low budget. Shouldn't feel low budget. It started off entertaining, then around halfway mark went to trash. Don't get me started on Cassandra Kane. Five out of ten. <laughs> That's the first distinctly pretty negative re- response we had gotten. Well, Pud was pretty, you know, Pud at least was like, it just wasn't for me. Yeah, he just wasn't for me. Yeah, this one, uh, Ibugu did not like it. <laughs> no, he did yeah, not. That's fine. It's not every film for everybody, right? Alex Rodriguez. Is this the Alex Rodriguez? <laughs> He says, the most outright fun I've had in a movie since Deadpool. Cast was excellent. Style was great. Warner Brothers will be hard-pressed to find a Green Arrow badass enough to keep up with this Black Canary. That's that's pretty that's, that's pretty true. I think, I think he's absolutely right. Would have liked more Huntress development. 7.5 out of 10. So clearly a couple themes that we get a lot of agreement on. Yes. DC on Film says, extremely enjoyable was grinning start to post-credits. A Harley movie with Birds of Prey, which is fine. Great characters and perfect casting apart from Cass. Actress is cool, but not Cassandra Kane. Incredible fight scenes, best in a comic book movie. Some pacing issues in the middle. Yeah, some of the, I would say some of the fight scenes I thought were, you know, definitely stood out above, you know, above most comic book films, but some of them, some of the other things I saw in the film I thought were kind of eh. Andrew Openshaw says, an absolutely fun movie that had a little bit of everything. Between the action, comedy, and seeing how these comic book characters react to each other was great. Hopefully this is 
just the beginning for these characters we were introduced to either in the DCEU or on HBO Max. Yep, I agree. James says, didn't have high expectations going in, but I did enjoy it. Didn't like that Cassandra Cain's backstory was not DC Comics canon. Great fight scenes. And then uh, this one, I'm going to butcher it. I think it says, au revoir, moi, la porta. Sorry, I don't speak that <laughs> language very well. Good comic book movie. It has an underwhelming resolution and certain characters who are underutilized, but still a nice change from most comic book movies. Great visuals as well. Uh, Wolfkins says, took me a second to adjust to the tone. At first, I thought it was too zany, but eventually something clicked with me and I had a blast. All the characters were really well done and the fight scenes were some of the best I've seen recently. It's a welcome addition to the DCEU. His initial criticism sounds a lot like my review. Yeah, it actually does. From the first viewing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bennett Lai says, a really enjoyable action criminal misfit film with a Tarantino-esque story and editing cuts and the action of a John Wick film. Fantastic music from Daniel Pemberton that meshes perfectly with the frantic plot and I like how the birds of prey come together thanks to Harley. Andrew Silva says, fun but needed more firepower plus surprise cameos. Well, we did get, we got one pretty good surprise cameo. Yeah, most people have been talking about the fact that when they complain, they, they talk about how they, they wanted Joker, they wanted yeah. Batman, they wanted Gordon. Yeah, I mean, the, the Joker one is the one that disappoints me the most because clearly we are supposed to get some Jared Leto. Even if it wasn't him, it was going to be a stand-in. Like, we were supposed to get that. We saw the scenes of it, right? So, right. Uh, in some of the, you know, some of the footage that people had captured. Okay. Okay, Corpy says, I live in Russia where the film is simply unfair, not accepted. But I think that we needed more Black Mask. He had too little screen time allocated. I liked him too much. Oh, big fan. I mean, Black Mask was such a standout. There's no doubt about it. We just have a few more here. Gaz says, I find Harley Quinn annoying as a character, but seeing it anyway, as I'm a DC fan, zoned out a few times due to boredom, but the villains, despite not getting enough screen time, stole the show. Uh, Mr. Battenson says, a fun rated hard R flick that explored the weird, wonderful world of DCEU's Gotham City and provided us with colorful, vibrant new characters that I'd like to see in future DC projects. Miles Cott says, seen it twice and will definitely go back for more. This movie has all the chaotic, colorful fun that I could ask for. Gave me the same kind of wonderful crazy I got when reading Harley Rebirth back in 2016. Just an enjoyable time all around. And then our last review on Twitter, and this is from Damien Shear. I've seen it twice and would easily see it again. In hindsight, the R rating is unnecessary given the low box office, but creatively it worked. Best DCEU movie since Wonder Woman in my opinion. And yes, I'm a man who prefers the female-led movies. So there goes that theory. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a nice way to end uh, all these you know reviews that we've been reading off. I agree. Well, Tim, I think that's going to be it for this week's podcast. <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun. I'm glad we did that. Like, got to read a ton of feedback. I mean, I've been seeing bits and pieces, but like, it was it seemed like about ninety percent was favorable. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, we want to thank all of you who reached out to us. Uh, you know, at DC Film Squadcast at gmail.com. At it reached out to us on Twitter. You know, we have at DC Film Squadcast. I mean, all of those reviews were read from Tim's account, which is at Alan Fire on Twitter, and then I'm at Scott DC twenty seven, and of course. You can find us on Vero Facebook and at our website, squadcastmedia.com. And of course, if you feel like you can help us, support us, contribute, you know, patreon.com slash squadcastmedia is where you can do that. Like we said, Spider-Man 2 review is there and Dick Tracy is coming up. All right. That's it for this week, guys. And we'll be back with a normal news episode, kind of catching up with lots of details. So come back next week. And until then, we would encourage all you guys to go out. Keep reading some DC. Bye, guys. Okay, Tim. So I knew that we were going to end up talking about that Matt Reese camera test for the Robert Pattinson bat suit. Yeah. But I'm going to be honest. If if I have to have a little self reflection, we kind of dropped the ball as podcasters. Yeah. I mean, it, it literally was called a camera test, not like an audio test. And what did we spend all the time talking about? The freaking music. We talked about the score. I mean, aren't we supposed to be talking about the costume? Isn't that the point? Like, do we not know what our job is right now? <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, like, I mean, I think the costume was interesting. It had lots. 
lot of stuff I like, but you know, that score is pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome score. Oh, wait a minute. What are we doing? We got to stop this. We're doing it again. <laughs> oh, here we go again. Well, I, I'm going to put this one on Matt Reeves. Like he, he kind of buried the lead, didn't he? <laughs> I just hear you blaming other people. I, I'm blaming everybody. Everybody's going down. get let me get my thing out okay let me get rid of that check 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 yep check baby check baby one two oh let me check something else out here single bit in i want to look at this wave wave's good okay okay good